listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 12th of October 2022. Later, the Bank of Queensland leads the share market. We'll tell you why in a few moments. But first, we'll start Australia's superannuation industry. The Mercer CFA Institute Global Pension Index has given Australia's super system a B-plus rating. It's sixth out of 44 countries around the world. Iceland, number one, followed by the Netherlands, Denmark, Israel, then Finland. So what is Australia doing right and what can be done better? For more, I spoke earlier with Mercer's David Knox. Well, Australia is doing a lot right in the retirement income pension system. Firstly, we've got most employees that are contributing uh, or employees are contributing on their behalf with 10.5%. That's going to 12%. We've also saved almost $3.5 trillion for the future. That's a good thing, and it's saving future age pension costs from the government. So it's more sustainable, and most people are in it, and it's being invested wisely. So where does it fall short? Sure. There are a couple of areas where we fall short. First is coverage. Now, I said most employees are in it, and that's true, and the $450 threshold for casuals is recently been removed so everyone who's an employee is in it but the people who are not in it are the self-employed now self-employed group is um, very varied and diverse from the local plumber to uh, well-paid barristers but if you think you're the local plumber or something of that nature you're probably not saving for retirement and the better systems and i use iceland as an example have everybody contributing including the self-employed So that's one area that I think we can improve. The second area we can improve is up to this point, we've had 30 years of compulsory superannuation. We've focused on accumulating, of saving the dollars. And that's the right thing to do at the beginning. But now we need to focus on retirement income. In other words, converting that lump sum into a steady income stream during retirement and spending it. And I think the third area we can improve is in respect of the gender gap. We know that many women take time out of the workforce for caring for young children, etc. In some of the better systems, they actually receive what I call a super baby bonus. In other words, the primary carer receives a contribution from the government towards their superannuation so that their retirement is not adversely affected by the fact they've had some children. Okay, so what's your message to governments, funds and employers then? Because a lot of focus has been, as you mentioned, on accumulation. So I'm guessing there might be a bit more on the um, financial literacy side of things too. Well, exactly right. And as we move towards increased individual responsibility, then we all have to work together to improve our education, to improve our financial advice and to make this education and advice affordable and accessible, and that's really important. Everybody, as they approach retirement, and indeed in retirement, is different. So what works for you may not work for me, and vice versa. So we need to make sure people have access to appropriate information and advice. And that means everybody works together, whether you're the government, employers, whether you're the media, um, super funds. Let's work together and highlight the fact that It's individuals who need to make decisions as they save 
and as they approach retirement and indeed during the retirement years because we're often a household, a couple of people to start with, but of course one person dies before the other. So it's a bit complicated, but that's where we all need help and we all can work together. Are retirees actually using their super? We've done a few stories in the past about how retirees are hesitant to draw down on their accounts rather just than just live off the income and perhaps um, uh, going through these tough times unnecessarily because they've got those funds to tap into. Sure, and that's a really good question. In some ways, I think our term retirement income is misleading because people tend to think of income as either wages or investment income. But when we come to retirement, yes, we earn the investment income, but we also want to spend the capital. That may that we have saved for the last 30 or 40 years. Some of it we should be spending every year. And one of the problems is people don't have the confidence of spending it because they don't know how long it will last or has to last. Am I going to live to 80, 90, or indeed 100 So that's where it's really important for the super funds and government to work together to develop new products, innovative products that will give people confidence and trust that they can start to spend this capital and it won't run out, that they will always have some money to live on whether they reach 90 or 100. So that's part of the whole industry, uh, communities like working together, developing products and communicating those new products in ways that make sense to retirees. David Knox there from Mercer. Now to the Australian share market, which finished flat, the 200, 6,647. It comes ahead of the US inflation report due out later tonight. For more, I spoke earlier with June Bay Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners. Look, the market has been a little bit more volatile today. It's a little bit weak to start and now firmly into the green. Um, again, market was a little bit directionless, um, you know, following the sell-off across tech overnight. Um, but then, um, you know, you can see the dip by investors coming in, thinking things perhaps not too bad following the, um, the Bank of Queensland result. Yeah, let's go into the Bank of Queensland in more detail. One of the best performers on the 200 today, um, even though it's cash profit fell. So, so what do investors like about it? Look, it's interesting. What investors like about it today, they probably didn't like um, maybe three weeks ago. Um, so essentially the margin, so the interest margin is doing a little bit better. So that means they're making more money uh, because interest rate has gone up on the loans they lend out. And then um, the margin they make is, is a little bit better. And they have pointed to, um, because interest rate has increased quite a bit, um, that margin is only going to expand. So the profit is going to grow in the next six months. So market is looking at it thinking, look, you know, for a volatile market, this sort of earning is pretty good and it's pretty defensive. At least we're knowing for the next 12 months, the high interest rate is going to benefit company like this one. But one thing, though, investors overlooking at this point is that they have seen quite a sharp slowdown across mortgages. Um, and we will see that more so across other banks' results that's coming up in the next, uh, in the next few months. You mentioned a few seconds ago those high interest rates, right? But in the US, those interest rates are even higher. So that bigger differential means that investors are flocking to the US dollar. So as a result, the Australian dollar is still at that two and a half year low against a greenback. Where do you see it going? And, and what kind of implications will this likely have, especially for listed companies? 
Look, it's it's certainly been very tough for the Australian companies um, because of the interest rate differential, as you said. And also, our RBA recently only put up 25 basis point rather than the 50 expected. So that didn't quite help, given the U.S. Federal Reserve continued to pushing on with the 75 basis point increases. So um, that rate differential is going to continue for the, at least the next six months until the U.S. Um, you know inflation rate sort of comes under control. But we're getting very close. So, you know, that differential is getting closer to um, to the, you know, the widest point possible. Um, so we should beginning to see um, the sort of, you know, the bottoming of the Aussie dollar. What that means is that companies that own U.S. dollar have U.S. dollar exposure or, you know, have operations in America is going to have great earnings. So companies like a lot of growth company companies like uh, CSL, your healthcare businesses, um, their earnings are expecting an upgrade, uh, whereas the businesses, if they actually buy things out of U.S. and selling it in Australia, is, uh, is going to experience pretty tough periods. Um, so more, more stronger U.S. dollars, um, it does normally mean it's a little bit tougher earnings outlook um, for the a, um, for the ASX. Finally, in this environment, rising interest rates, higher inflation still, global uncertainties, the IMF uh, downgraded global growth once again today. Where do you see the opportunities? Look, we see opportunities firmly sitting within the healthcare space because the sector doesn't require economic activity to grow. Um, this company, these sort of companies sitting with this sector, such as the, you know, your private hospital chain like Ramsey or CSL, whose earning has been impacted by COVID and have yet to return to the pre-COVID levels. So there's double-digit earnings growth to come through for those businesses with pretty good, strong balance sheets. Um, and, um, and these are the businesses that sort of really will insulate investors for for during this uncertain time. Junbei Lu there from Tribeca Investment Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music